fucking, you know, I'm about the Moved Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. Get on it. Uh, whenever you guys are ready, it's rolling. All right, so how hope everybody's doing good. I got Shanji here, a uh, friend of mine and world champion in jiu-jitsu. It's really good to see you, man. Uh, thank to see you again. So um, we had met at a uh, business deal and um, we ended up chatting and we sat and chatted for a little while and so I just thought, what a good spirit. And I got to hang out with my good friend, Stuart Cooper. And so I thought I'd take advantage to uh, chat with you a little bit. Sure. So um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you got started in jiu-jitsu Maybe what was it that uh, attracted you to jiu-jitsu? Um, well, like, like every kid in Brazil, uh, we did judo in, uh, in, uh, in high school or elementary school, per se, or kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I got my first gi at that age, uh, and I was involved with grappling in a sense, you know, like we always had little scrubs in Brazil. Um, in my condo, I had this little thing where we are arguing with one another, so let's go to the grass, and then go to the grass and we grapple. Uh, my formal way to start jiu-jitsu was playing this kid and uh, from inside my guard he just like real naked choked my, my spine and stretched me and I hurt it and I tapped it. I was like, I don't like that. And I was at home upset. I said, like, what happened? So well, I was doing this. I said, well, you gotta get stronger. And my brother said, I said, oh, I'm gonna get stronger. Oh, you should try jiu-jitsu. I'm like, all right. And I go to my mom and say, hey, mom, and, you know, Sal said, you're cool you know, and stuff like that. But, she said, oh, Sal always going to do these things, you know what I mean? Like, he's always in the middle of everybody, yeah, yeah. everything, you know what I mean? If you're going to like that, I'm like, well, yeah, let's get a gi, no. And then I want to buy this gi, I said, no, let's get the cheaper one, because maybe you won't like it. Shoot, no. <laughs> so, first class I go, uh, I learned a mountscape, and I felt claustrophobic, yeah. you know, having that person on top of me, and felt useless, I'm like, man, I'll do something about it, you know. So, I got to learn jiu-jitsu, and... Um, you know, jiu-jitsu become part of my life and have helped build my character, you know, because I, I was lucky to be in a gym that uh, my instructors, they're they really respectful people, and they're really good leaders, and also I had a great, good family also. And uh, the better I got at jiu-jitsu, more humble I got, because I knew I never hurt anybody in my life, I never had a fight in my life, for that reason maybe, the way I carry myself. So. Um, yeah, just jujitsu just became part of me. Yeah, I think that uh, martial arts in, in a whole um, has a core to it, and there's something mm -hmm. that like, once you do it, you always feel home. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like doesn't matter what school you go to, whatever. It's just mm -hmm. like a home. Now, you didn't always, you weren't always here in the U.S., right? No, no. Yeah. So where where uh, are you from? I'm from the Amazon, Manaus. Uh, my dad is originally from Minas Gerais, a place down south. My mom is originally from Rondonia, a place west of Brazil. Uh, and they met in Manaus because my dad was a bank manager and that's pretty much how, how everything started. So I was born there and, uh, and, I, never, and I, I moved to America in 2002. So, you know, like every kid, you know, you want to go to Disneyland and things like this. Yeah. And my mom, now you're not going, you're not going. I got upset about that. But the funny thing is I had an American friend that came in because I went to English school. And he gave me a flag. And the funny thing, I had a post on my house, and I, and I actually, I had an American flag in my house. And then I have a Brazilian flag. I had an American flag on the, had a, like a antenna pole, and I used it to put American flag. And my mom, why are you doing that? I thought like, oh, it was a gift. But American flag, I'm like, yeah, whatever. So, the first time I went to America was in 98, to Hawaii. 
So I have my brother beat Fabio Gurgel in a super fight, and they're they're giving away tickets to to to, to the parents at the time in Hawaii. And I was 17 years old, so it was my first experience coming to America. I knew I knew English because I went to English school. My mom made sure I went there. Sure. My mom really educated us the best way possible. I went to military high school, which is a higher rate of college degree, college students in sure. to go to the best schools. Uh, I did English in one of the best schools in Manaus, so he really took care of us. So that part was taken care of. So he won that fight, and then um, but his sponsor gave him a, a ticket. So he gave me his ticket. That was my first time in America. Uh, super cool. Went to Hawaii right away. Uh, fought Pan Ams. I won Pan Ams the first time, and that was the first time people saw you know saw his brother and things like this. And then '99, I came back to another Pan Ams. I won again as a purple belt. That was in Miami, and I got to Disney for the first time, and I shaved my head for the now first I'm time. Now I'm really in America. Yeah, I'm really in America, I'm in Disneyland, you know? Hawaii is not really America. Yeah. You know? uh, and then 2000, I didn't do Pan Ams, and then 2001, I did Pan Ams again. But then 2000 was my first experience in going to America to teach seminars. You know, I walked in Philadelphia, Steve Maxwell, a bunch of kettlebells, first time I trained kettlebells in my life. And at the time it was crazy because we would do seminars and we would just line up everybody and train everybody. So me as a brown belt, and I trained my brother for like a year and a half on. And he's like, all right, so we're just gonna tap everybody. I'm like, do you expect me to tap everyone? He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, if you trust me. So I would say we did, I did about, about 50 seminars in my whole life, that that was the thing. I finished, line up everybody, no matter who you are, I would just, get out of the mat once I tap everybody. And that's how I think one of the ways that I increase my skills. So going to America, we become friends with some people, you know, and now they're like, oh, the Hibera brothers, blah, blah, blah. So I've been, been more known. Uh, they had those internet forums and everything. Uh, we have a really good friend in Ohio, Chris Blankey. Uh, he had a little gym and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and he's like, oh, I don't know, I want to open a bar. I don't know if I want to teach jiu-jitsu, and nowadays he does have a big school in Ohio. And then I'm like, you know what, I'm going. And everybody was surprised because like, out of everybody that would go, I was the one that wanted to go. So in 2002, I just came to America as an experiment. I, I quit school, I was in law school. So I got rid of that and I stayed there too. So I was 2002, and then 2003 I had a little injury, so I was in Brazil for two years, for, for a couple months. And then I went to Brazil again to recover because I didn't have a health insurance. That's when I won my first world championships in 04. So after I win the world, there's nothing else for me there. Yeah. And I came back, did more seminars. I'm like, you know what? And my brother said, hey, I found this good lawyer. I think we can do something about it. I'm like, okay. So in 05, I, I, I did my, I started my process. After World 2005, I started my process to get a green card and everything yeah. else. So, Right before Worlds 2006, I got my green card, uh, and I was already, you know, pretty much in America. So I, I guess I moved in 2002, I lived in 2002, 2003, 04, I came back to Brazil. By September 04, I moved back to America, and that's I stayed until now. And then 07, I started dating a girl here in California, and then, uh, and then I came to San Diego for the first time. Yeah. But I never, there was no jiu-jitsu here, just Fabio Santos, Carlos yeah, Valente, yeah. and... Yeah. And the guys that were like younger. So I am the number one guy that came to America for my generation. Like, because it was either some old Gracies 
older guys. Yeah. There was no like my style. Yeah. So I was the first one. Now there's too many. Yeah, there's too many. Even the whole San Diego, you know, everyone. Oh, it's Everyone in San Diego training me. Second episode, yeah. Gal Galvão did the training camps here with us. Yeah. Ted did the training camp with us. Yeah. The Grace Maita was with us. The Alliance boys were here. So I'm just happy that I was able to help everybody. And that's crazy you say that because I remember I was trying to actually do the math in the years. And so I, I was involved in karate as a kid. Uh -huh. and that was the American thing. You know, mm -hmm. that's what we did. And so that was always what the function was. It was as a kid, every single day. I was in the gym. That's why this stuff mm -hmm. is still home to me. Yeah. But I remember I was in... 10th grade and I went to a friend's house and somebody came over and he was a blue belt and he was doing stuff and shit to us that we didn't even know what was going on you know so I want to think that that was 93 okay so that's probably because it seems like we're pretty close to the same age that's 93 I was a sophomore in high school so you were already competing yeah in sophomore? yeah no uh, 92 I was 12 you know so Actually, 93 was my first national championship. I won as a... So that's 93? I won an orange belt. So when Hoyce won the UFC, for me, like, okay, he won. Like, that was no surprise. I yeah. knew he was going to win. Yeah. The whole world, oh my God. Yeah, like, yeah. Because I grew up thinking Jiu-Jitsu was never going to lose to anybody. Because that's all it was. Because the technical was just so good. Yeah, sure. So when Hoyce won the first UFC, like, you, you look at okay. George St. Pierre, all the Americans yeah. that win, oh my God, I saw that. And I thought it was amazing. For us, it was just another day. And they didn't even pick the best Gracie to be there at the time. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. Uh, Hoist was by far the best Gracie at the time. They have Hickson, they have all yeah. these guys. You know, he was picked because they want to make impression. And they did. And then they, they, they was very good about it. And yeah, I was, I was 12 years old. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you look at all these stories, and one of the things that I'm fascinated in is transitions. Mm -hmm. And so when you go travel to another country, there's these feelings that you get, and then you get transitions in different areas. You have a, was it a military background? No, or you went to military school? Military high school. Got it. As a high school, I was the best school in Brazil, and, okay. I, and I had good, good grades from my other school, and then I got accepted. So I had to go every day, put my, my hat on, yeah. I had to iron my clothes, shoot my shine, yeah. discipline, you know, boom, sing songs, yeah. marching, go to the jungle, eating stuff in the jungle, sleep yeah. in the jungle, get sick, <laughs> you know, uh, it's just so fun. Yeah. And then you went, you know, you have jujitsu, and everything has a sense of dedication. So it doesn't matter like what you're gonna do. If you're gonna be great at jujitsu, you better hyper focus in that area. Oh, and so you were gonna be a, uh, you were gonna be an attorney. Was that right? Or you're gonna go to law I school I at the time? Do it at the time, yeah. And both of those are like, either you're gonna be an attorney yeah, or yeah. not. And it's like I gotta focus on one, right? Yeah. And I moved to Rio for that. You know, uh, my brother, the uh, Gracio Maita team, they had this guy that owned, a, he owned a big. He was part of the, the owners of this big college, and they, and they say, "Well, when I bring my brother, would you give him like a little, a little, um, like sponsorship, like scholarship?" Yeah, 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 I'll give it to him. So I went there. Uh, all of a sudden, my brother just literally was like this. Seventeen years old, I had no dream, no thought whatsoever to move to Rio. That was not even crossing my mind. So my brother's in my town, and you know he's super smart about this thing, so he plans before he does anything. So, I'm on my room, whatever, I think I was playing video games and watching like Michael Jordan play, whatever. And then my mom calls, Sean, you can come here. I'm like, yeah, what's up? So your brother's saying, uh, you wanna go to Rio to live in the college there? I'm like, yeah, why not? And she's like, you wanna go? I'm like, yeah. That's how I decided. <laughs> a week later, I'm registered to the, because in Brazil you have to do a test. Yeah. To go to, it's not like GPAs, you have to actually sure. do the test. So I went, did the test, uh, wasn't the hardest the college to get in, so I got in. Uh, but it was a little too far for me. I had like 
I had to take like, the van or two buses or train and bus to get there. I had to be up at 5 a.m. Plus, I wanted to train a little bit. And that's when I moved to a, to a closer college. Yeah. Kept doing it. Uh, I liked it. I just felt that being a lawyer wasn't the best thing because um, it's just the way the Brazilian law works. For me, not, nothing made sense. I'm like, dude, it's A and B. That's it. Now I would go A and B, and there's D, E, F, G, H that goes against A and B. I'm like, that makes no sense for me. Yeah. Right? And I already saw a couple of my friends doing internships and getting fed, stressed out, blah, blah, blah. And that's when I did my first travel to America. I was like, man, you know, like, I can make money. I can help people. I just have to be honest. You know what I mean? There's nothing I need to do. Just be honest. Teach yeah. Jiu You know, make people feel good. But now if I become a lawyer, now I have to wear all the suits. I have to go to this. And then if, the, if a rapist comes to me and ask him to, to, to defend him, him I'm yeah. gonna actually punch him in the face. Yeah. But now if I go to be a prosecutor, I'm actually putting people in jail and then they can cut a cube. As I, I said, just triple those things. That's when I have this thing that like, okay, I'm gonna try it out. So I went to Ohio. And I went to Ohio, like, wasn't like, Los Angeles, Miami, yeah. New, big city. It was Toledo, Ohio, a small town. There's really nothing there, just jiu-jitsu. Now, like, there's more jiu-jitsu there because we brought there. You know, so, and the people are like, and it's funny, I have a friend that, that, that plays with me because he's from Hawaii, really good friend. It was my first best American like, friends. Yeah. He's like, did you confuse Ohio with Hawaii? You didn't <laughs> have to say Hawaii. You know, and uh, yeah, and then I moved, it was a great experience. I was the only Brazilian, so I got to, to, to you know, to, to work my English. And there's no way I would speak Portuguese, so I got to really exercise my English. Yeah. But it did suffer a little bit of like having friends. Uh, I was 21 at the time, and most of my students were like 30s, you know, so no guys my age. Uh, I've had people that walked into me and so, said, oh, so you're the instructor? Like, they looked at me like, you're too young to be a instructor. Yeah. So I got a little bit of that, uh, but again, I just always felt, man, if you're just not for you, it's not for you. If you have an issue with me, not a problem, you know. And I didn't run as a business. I was just like, hey, you want to come in? This is how much. This is how much you train. You know, there was no no procedures or nothing. And then that's how we started. Yeah, that's super cool. What's it? Right. What's up, mate? <laughs> What's up, mate? So one of the things that I had caught in an interview that I thought was super cool, and it's certain things that, you know, I think there's talent. I mean, there's mm -hmm. obviously talent, and I think that, you know, certain people say you gotta work hard even when you have talent. I mean, that's what Perfect. creates a world champion. But I think there's also times in your life where you're like, I know that I'm talented enough, I've got this thing that I have, and then something happens. And it was when you had brought up that you'd never had your guard passed mm -hmm. until, I think it was your brown belt, is that right? Yeah, brown belt. Yeah, and so when that happened, because that's a long period. I mean, uh -huh. you go from your white belt and you're going, you never had that one thing happen. Uh -huh. And then I think it was, uh, was it Hajar is the only one that then passed yeah. it in okay. competition? So yeah, I just yeah, wanna clear that yeah. up. Okay. The first time I got I thought it was passed. a good point. All right, just to make clear to everybody. I have never got armor locked in my life. So I never got armor locked. I never got choked from the back. I did got no gi, you know. That was about it. Okay. You know what I mean? I think in black belt, I think Harger tried on me once. That was about it too. So pretty much the first time my guard got passed was a, was a brown belt. And the guy that did pass my guard, he was the number one guy. He was like the Harger Grace at the time. His name is Miragaya. And the pass that he does, a lot of people call the Miragaya pass. Was well, just silly, you know, he tricked me into this. I jumped triangle, I landed on his thing. He went to the side. I was pushing, 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 pushing. The referee scored the point, he let it go. 
That's he like dominated. So yeah. That's me making excuses. <laughs> uh, so he passed, and, you know, he controlled me enough time to get the points. But as soon as the ref gave the points, I was able to recover, and I think I swept him even after that. But was just no pass. So for me, fighting a guy like him that was like world champion, he was literally like this. He would pull people guard, sweep, pass, mouth, finish. You know, he wasn't like the best Gracie Barra guys. You know, like I said, if you call anyone, any guys from the older times, hey, you know me that guy? I'd be like, oh wow, that was the guy. So he was the first guy. And then 2005, Hosher passed it, and nobody has passed since. You know, it's just, it's just something that, you know, I like numbers, so I never got strangled in Jiu Jitsu, in Gi. I got triangled once, I got clock choke twice. It's about it. Never got arm locked. Never got mounted with a gi on. They took my back. So never got mounted. Never got arm locked. Never got choked from the back. Never got choked from the front. Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because it's like never got leg locked. Oh, never got leg locked. So it. I don't hear a lot of people approach it that way. <laughs> Usually, you hear that in boxing. A lot of boxing guys, oh, I'm 30 and 0, I'm just, you know, it's that thing. And it was just, it was a, such a cool thing to hear that because mm -hmm. it was like, there's pride in every one of those that you accomplished. Oh, yeah, for sure, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? So the transition that I think I'll go from here is like, when you did, you were doing jiu-jitsu, became a world champion, all of that kind of happened. And then all of a sudden, I think that it might have been because of your father or maybe it was because at first you were going to go towards academics that, mm -hmm. how can I use my brain? Mm -hmm. There came a time when you went, you know what, business is something mm -hmm. that I want to be involved in. Sure, yeah. What was that transition? How did that happen? Because you could have just been uh, an athlete and moved on and done your thing. Yeah, and now you decided to create a cat. Yeah, what happened? I think I think I, I, I see myself as a as a as a as a someone that paid for a lot of people uh, because everything that had to be wrong I did. So when I won my first world, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna all the sponsors, no sponsors. Yeah. Nice and I know I'm going to all, all the seminars. Yeah, seminars, they're there. But anyone can do seminars if you have a good network. And then I won the, the World Cup in 2005, and then I, I lost to Horsham in 2005, but I was still good there. And then I got a little better sponsor. And the sponsor paid me, and I spent everything one day. That's how much money we made, right? Uh, and then the breakthroughs were 2006, which I won the weight in absolute. So I was like number one. I was like the. You're there. I'm like, okay, there's nothing above me, only below. And still nothing happened. And then sometimes I would see guys that had zero titles, you know, doing something cool. Yeah. That's when one time, uh, one of the guys that, I think one of the guys that people didn't like him so much, but I think he made a lot of people see the official jiu-jitsu as a business business. So because it's martial arts, there's a balance. Mm -hmm. And I think some people are losing that. They're going too much towards to make the money, but they're forgetting about being themselves. So anyway, so one time we had a little discussion. Something was happening, and he goes like, bro, I'm not a champion, I'm not nothing. I'm a marketer. And I'm listening to him, he's like, if I tell my student, go do a triangle, and he does a triangle, I'll make sure the whole world knows that. And I'll find a way to everybody knows that I made the guy the champion and maybe I'll get more students. Yeah, that's the point. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So I started to study a lot of things. Um, of course, a lot of trial and error. Uh, still there's so much error in it because you can never really like 
And like I said, it all depends your ethics. It all depends how much you want to hustle someone. You know, I know a card that costs $600 and people can take that money away from people. But it's not really my style. Like, I think as hard as you try to sell something, now it's hard just to keep. Because mm-hmm. now they think they want to want something. For yeah. me, I want someone to walk in my academy and be happy just being here. Not be happy because I'm feeding him with a bunch of stuff. Oh, if you get this, you get that. If you get this, you got to say, no, man, you got to turn. That's the part of I try to balance. Yeah. The addicts of. So for me, uh, a lot of uh, internet, uh, we have to learn a lot about SEO, yeah. uh, what people are looking for, mm-hmm. uh, how to receive a customer. Not see as a, see a customer, right? Someone comes here, hey, what's your name? Look him in the eye. Uh, what are you interested in? And of course, there are techniques that we learn throughout the process. Uh, how to approach the price, you know, how to make the people, you know, understand. Because not thinking, because it's real. Jiu-Jitsu is real. I'm not selling something that is undervalued. It's something that is actually, actually has more value in it than, than just the price of a membership. You know, and make them understand that it's good for them. You know, it's an investment of their time and their money to something they're going to belong and something that's going to be good for them. But how can I make a procedure that make that work? You know what I mean? How he gonna sign the contract? How without thinking he's like, shit, now I don't want this. You know, so I think we invest in the environment, you know what I mean? The clean academy. Back in the day, we never thought about it. Sometimes my, my locker would be like a month without cleaning. Now, if they go one day, well, because the restroom is, 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 the, is the locker room. So it has to be clean. Sure. The geese has to be proper, the uniform. Back in the day, my uniform was all messed up. Now it's all clean. So we have a state. We have standards. You know, someone walks, there's a process. Hey, what's your name? Where are you coming from? Yeah, yeah. Oh, how do you find out about it? You're treated oh. a certain way every time. Exactly. exactly. You know, the way you answer the phone. You know what I mean? How to get the person here. That's the main thing to people. You know, sometimes I say, hey, is this your school? Yes. How much is this? $100. Okay, job. Yeah. Come on, you know what I say? Hey, what's your name first? Experience. You know, so it's because that person's gonna be with you every day. Yeah. You know, so I want them right away to know, hey, I'm gonna be here for you. You know, and, and that's how it goes. There's, all, there's many practices that I don't do. Like I said, it depends how much you wanna work, yeah. how much you wanna make it, how much you wanna hustle, and how much you wanna sell yourself. You know, someone comes in here, I do the class here, you know, for example, I'm not the one that, for example, we learn that the same person that Kisses is not the same one that beats the butt, right? So I'll teach a class and I'll give them to my manager. And I'll be like, cool guy, right? Uh, it's not lying, it's just procedures. Hey, hey, I'm not the one to talk about money because I'm not the money person. I'm the one that's gonna teach you how to front roll. You talk to the person that is more, has more, uh, he's more adequate for that. I also, not just that, but build the right team. That's the most important thing. You know what I mean? You can't put Shandy to sell because Shandy cannot sell. But Shandy can give you an amazing, amazing class. Yeah. Shandy can give you the best smile. So I'll say I'm the lobbyist, right? I'm, people are oh, that's cool. Oh, he's a teacher. Oh, he has a picture there. Oh, he's that champion. Sometimes even being a champion is worse because built an, 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 a subconscious, uh, like, they feel they need to step up to their requirements, yeah. that standard. Oh, yeah. if I'm not a champion, I don't belong here. Yeah, that's true. You know, so building a team that works together is super important. You know what I mean? Hey, just don't do this, you know? So I think like um, that transition to business is first, know who you are, right? Okay, I'm this guy, 
And that's as low as I'm gonna go because that's my standard. Understand that. If I have to go below my standard now, what that person has that can benefit our school? Mm-hmm. Not me, because I'm not doing it for me, I'm doing it for my school, right? And there's a lot of things that way. You know, we have the procedure to like send them emails when they're missed. You know what I mean? Like we have every, every, every month we send a newsletter. Hey, how are you doing? Someone comes in, like sometimes the guy feels a little shy. I got one of my guys, hey, can you go and work with him because he's feeling a little shy about it and things like this, you know? So we have a super big ratio, like not too many people quit. You know, that's the main thing. You know, that's how people quitting for many reasons. You have a very good retention rate. Yeah, retention rate. Yeah. You know, because we're here all the time, the gym's good, you know what I mean? Like, the price is, is average, you know, basically, schools are really more expensive than that. Maybe they offer more school, more, 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 more time frames. You know, and things like this. I think having the procedure in place, uh, knowing what not to do, uh, and how to funnel people into your academy. And that's where we learn most about business. And I think the rest just ideas and how to, again, it's always come to the way you proceed into something. For example, you want to do a, a shirt, right? Now you're doing a shirt, you call the company and say, hey, what's your deadline? How many weeks? No, 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 no. So now you know, once you decide on the design, now you go. Now you're going to a brainstorming mm-hmm. meeting. Okay, let's talk about shirt. What's the theme of the shirt? You know, and then I go, okay, now, once you do that fun stuff, now just put it in the pocket. Someone else makes the, pro- the, pro- yeah. the, the procedure, and then boom, 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 that's another, there's a shirt. Oh, hey, guys. Shonji puts the shirt on, do it, boom. And then go on, go on, go on, you know? Don't you find that, in a way, martial arts really has an advantage when you go into business? Because you realize it's a process. Yeah. Like, it, 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 you realize how many failures you have. Oh, yeah. And then you realize, oh, shoot, that was a success. I'm going to do that again and again. Yeah. And I think it's kind of the same thing. And the same thing, I think, with, like, jujitsu or martial arts, that sometimes you only have one good thing. Oh, yeah. And then that's your killer, and you have to double down on that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's the same thing with marketing as well. Oh, definitely. You know, when you find something that works, double down on it. Don't mm-hmm. try to become this yeah. Amazon of all these different things. Yeah. And I think that it's, I think you've capitalized very well. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's super cool to watch um, the story that you've created. And not only that, just the value that he brings to his customers and the mental state that it sounds like what mm-hmm. you're bringing. Because it can be very selfish, you know? Yeah, definitely, can, definitely. And I think the transition Yeah, well, another thing that I've learned now, so for example, um, people are like this. Uh, once they have something, they don't want anything else. So one thing that I really changed was first, I'm not the one to charge them. And second, I'm never the first one to teach them a, pro- a procedure, like a, a first classes. So you have to, I mean, you know what I mean? Because they, I want them, that's the only thing of the business that I kind of had to adapt. Like I teach the beginners, but I'm like, I'm giving little for them. Little yeah. Because then what happens is say, like, okay, if Shun's not going, I'm not going. Yeah. You know, yeah, and that's yeah. the biggest thing is, is not make them fall in love with the instructor, which is, part of it, but to fall in love with Jiu-Jitsu. But even if they leave my academy, I want them to still train Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. Some people fall in love for you, and that's where my biggest, biggest problem. When I was in Ohio, if I leave, everybody leaves. Ah, Sean's not there, I'm not going. There are guys that are coming here saying, oh, I've been here for three weeks, I never met you. Hey, nice to meet you, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. John. Oh, I'm Shanji. Oh, you know on the picture? Yeah, I'm doing yeah, the picture. Oh, cool, I <laughs> love Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. So he loves Jiu-Jitsu, not me as a figure, as a champion that he just wants me. Yeah. You know, and that I think that's the only business strategy that I kind of, but I still do, 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 do intro classes. Yeah, of course. Uh, some days I'll just hop in, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be like my Facebook, hey guys, I'm teaching a beginner's class today. Yeah. And now there's like way more people coming. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? But, but still, they love Jiu Jitsu as it is. 
Yeah. And I think that's the main thing. Uh, example, right? Two doors down, there's Jiu-Jitsu there. Yeah. Why did they decide there versus here? You never know. Yeah. We're more expensive than them. Some people still come here. Some people walk in here, man, that's what I want. Some people go there, that's what I want. So, there's this thing in Jiu-Jitsu, oh, you're stealing my students. And bro, you're not stealing anybody. Who's stealing your students? It's the beach. It's soccer season. Oh, uh, you're right. It's Especially San Diego. It's karate. Yeah. Because the thing about like karate, for example, and taekwondo, they're amazing. But one day you feel something. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I can break that board. I can throw two kicks and two punches, even though you're not doing anybody. Yeah. But jujitsu is very uncomfortable in the beginning. It's very. So you have to first. Like, oh, what do you want, what do you want from Jiu-Jitsu? Oh, I want to learn self-defense. I'm going to go totally geared to self-defense. I'm not even the one Jiu-Jitsu stuff, like competition Jiu-Jitsu. Sure. You know, I'll teach them how to defend a headlock, I'll defend like a, a wrist grab, how to stand up, and I'll make him do some tiger routine and some, some, some exercise from Jiu-Jitsu. Now he's sweating, he's happy, man, I love this. You can defend yourself. You know, when is someone that's more like, Oh, I already know Jiu-Jitsu a little bit, but I want to, you know, I have one class. I said, okay, and then I'll teach him, okay, why don't you learn? And then he'll teach me something. I said, okay, oh, okay, but this you can do like this. And then I'll fix them a little, and then I'll show him more Jiu-Jitsu because he already has contact with Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. You know, if it's a girl, you just don't say, oh, lay down, open your legs, and I'm going to put you in your guard. No, sure. some girls will be like, what the heck is this guy's doing between your legs? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it teaches you all of that to kind of screen them before you even go in. You know, some schools, they have to see the questionnaire. There's all kinds of, uh, of business ways to do it. Some people like, a white girl should never train. I don't like that. Yeah. But I have to be aware that some white belts need the extra day. Yeah. Some white belts don't. You know what I mean? Like our white belt class, there's no sparring. But I allow them to come to sparring, some of them. That's why we give them the green belt. So now they know when they're exactly. green belt, they're allowed to any sparring session. If they're white belts, now they have to wait until they're called upon. So there's all the little things that it's not really business. It is business, but it's a way to protect them against themselves. Yeah. So you don't want them in one week getting hurt. So they need to understand that's okay. You need to just learn a little bit more. Sure. Just learn a bit for your own health. I want to try. I said, man, but then you know if it gets smashed, you might not like it. I like your shoes. So you promise. And then that's like, now he's like, yeah, fuck yeah. You know, because some guys, man, you're gonna put them to train. Yeah. You put the wrong guy to train with the guy, and he's a Pluto, oh, he, he scratched me, he's never gonna come back. Yeah, yeah. You know, but now you made the guy commitment. Say, oh, you have a commitment, you're gonna get a black belt. Oh, yeah, you're gonna be like a you know, black belt. You're gonna like graduate. Because not just train Jitsu, this is not a dojo, this is not an academy, this is school, you're gonna learn. And guess what? You're gonna cry. You're gonna suffer, it's gonna be painful, but it's gonna be amazing. They'll be like, yeah! You know, so then you even learn how to always be like a psychologist. Yeah. You know, so there's all these ways that some people just have the talent. You know, I'm just the talent to see good people. Yeah. Some people have the talent to sell, you know, water for, for, yeah. for ice for his people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's how it goes, you know, but, but again, it's still people, it's not a product, it's a service. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's about them to feel good. You know, so I like them to fall in love with Jiu-Jitsu. And if they don't like me anymore, hey, Sean doesn't think you for me anymore, fine, bro, go train him, yeah. whatever. And you never know when it comes back through. Exactly, I've had many people that had to go places, I said, man, I'm never gonna quit Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Uh, I, have, I have guys that are like, he's a brown belt for five years. He's still waiting for me to give him his black belt. You know, just waiting for the perfect moment for that. You know? So Very cool. Well, I, I, I extremely appreciate it. This is super cool. I think that in this conversation, I mean, I can obviously tell why people come in. You have an energy that's amazing. Okay. You know, when I meet people that have great energy, it's just like, hey, how can I get more of that? Yeah, yeah. Try to give that back mm -hmm. as well. And I got to say, like, even through this, because not everybody has done well in creating an academy mm -hmm. and going that route. But I can tell you this. I'm going to say this. If you're in business, go do jujitsu. Oh, yeah. If you do jujitsu, you have the capabilities of doing business oh, yeah. because it's a puzzle play. And so, Shenji, oh, it is a pleasure, my friend. Thanks. Starbuck on the move. Starbuck Thanks a lot, guys. I'll talk to you guys soon. If you like this episode, make sure you smash the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just like Nike is to athletes, Moved is to entrepreneurs.